This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and the modern Australian nation has never made a genuine attempt to come to terms with what was done following European arrival. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 141 for Tuesday 5th of January 2020. I'm Jeremy Siapirko, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host or guest hosts to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. And tonight's guest host is returning guest host Denise Siapirko. Welcome back, Denise. Hello, welcome. First one of 2021. Or no longer 2020, as we're calling it. Yeah, well, fortunately, at midnight, all of the people doing the bad shit lost power and... And coronavirus became... immediately vanished. <clears throat> yeah, so that's... Uh, you know, fortunately, that arbitrary... Tick of the clock, an arbitrary clock, is, is, has resolved. So now, now it's only 2021. All we're doing is starving the poor, having to shut down part of the country. The federal government's still not running in any kind of sane way. And um, continuing to do cruel shit to refugees. So, look, you know, everything's changed. Mm-hmm. It has. So I will say, while it is an arbitrary date, it is an arbitrary date we all ascribe to. We measure out our days, our weeks, our months, our years. And we, we do all collectively generally use that calendar it's the same as money you know money actually has no value except for the fact that we all ascribe to it and use it and give it value it's more though i'm just saying that all of the terrible things that are happening are not because of no because it because because a clock ticks over does not change everything you are right if anything they're actually a flow in from 2016 which was the previous title holder um, oh really? And, yeah. Because yeah, 2016 gave us Trump, so a lot of what's awful in 2020 is because of that. Mm-hmm. And it gave us Brexit. They gave the, the Brits Brexit, which so a lot of what's happened to them in 2020 is because of that. I voted for Brexit, and then I moved to Spain. <laughs> now I can't get cable TV or my passport renewed. When I was voting for for the government to persecute people on the, on the basis of their their nationality. I didn't think that could possibly come back to bite me. Yeah. As a person who travels over, anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, my my point, and, and then obviously what's happened with COVID, a lot of it's been, you know, in terms of how it's spread and, you know, a lot, a lot of it's been the consequences of what happened in 2016 in terms of, of Trump getting power. So, I don't know. Uh, not in Australia. In Australia, ours is... Wait, didn't... didn't No, well, Turnbull won in 2016 and then that gave us scummo mm. as a result of that term. So, I suppose part of... But then again, what's happened in Australia isn't so much because of scummo. It's more in spite of scummo. So, ultimately, yeah. I suppose 2016 isn't to blame for either the COVID virus or the fact that we've had state governments actually squash it. No, that is true. And 2016 isn't to blame for the bushfires that started last year. Except insofar as it was the election of the... the, Well, except insofar as in America it was the election of Trump, uh, which completely stymied global action, and in Australia it was the election of another conservative government, which, again, continues... Yeah, but if... Two years of two, three years of, of their effort did not cause the extreme weather that we were experiencing last year, and we're experiencing a different type of oh, extreme yeah. weather this year. While there's fires threatening uh, Western Australia and Perth, there's floods and cyclones threatening a lot of the rest of the country. I think what I'm saying is that I blame 
all of the bad things that humans have had anything to do with in 2020 on all previous events. <laughs> the past. I blame it on the past. Weird. Anyway, um, we haven't actually done a podcast for a bit over a month because we had a bunch of chaotic things go wrong and uh, actually had one lined up with Eliza that was going to be a follow-on from the, pre- the, the last episode was with, with Eliza. Um, and we had an excellent episode going and then, then schedules went awry. Uh, Life, so, the universe, and everything <clears throat> got in the way. So now in 2021, we're going to try and make sure that we're getting a podcast out uh, at least every fortnight, but hopefully every week, if we can pick a, a solid night to do it on. But yes, thank you for sticking with us with our not brilliant reliability over the last period. We're not stopping the podcast, we're keeping the podcast going. As long as people are supporting it and wanting it to keep going, we will keep recording the podcast. Um, sometimes there will be a gap for life things, um, sometimes there won't be. But we're going to work hard this year on making sure those gaps are less often and smaller. It would be nice if this wasn't necessary. Like As we've switched over to 2021... What, we've got a government that's, that's first instinct is to cut $100 a fortnight from the very poor, throw them back on $50 a day. Basically, Australia, for a period there, kind of solved poverty. Now, obviously, that's not 100% because um, the, the time period in order for that support to flow through and to fix up you know, previous problems wasn't in any way long enough to actually remove poverty. But at least it meant that people weren't being thrown into poverty. Yes. There was an avenue to keep people from being thrown into poverty. And the this we've actually got a government that's gone, no, fuck that. We actually do want people being thrown into poverty. And we've gone... To, and notwithstanding that there's been this explosion in the virus and that the justification is, oh, everything's fine now, they're still doing it. Yep. And even even their everything's fine now is still a fudge. Whenever they... When Ruston came back, the minister came back and said... But have you noticed... Someone made this point. Have you noticed that... They call it welfare in their thing that comes with your tax return yep. to try and make it sound, even though only a tiny percentage of that is unemployment benefit, but they yep. call it welfare because they know that people think of unemployed doll bludgers sitting back on the couch rolling a fat cigarette. They call that welfare. Whenever they're trying to demonise it they, in, in the media, they call it welfare. Yep. But the minister is not the minister for welfare. No. It's weirdly that none of, the, none of the politicians who are in charge of this department want to have the, the word welfare applied to their title. Yes. Like... It's 100% pejorative to be used as, as convenient to bash the, the targets. Yeah. Um, but you, as you were pointing out, though, because we're obviously in a region now which was hit by the bushfires. Yes. And as you were pointing out, when they are saying, uh, when they pick March as the return to date, they're, they're like, no, since March we've restored this many jobs. March was already a low point following the bushfires. Absolutely, because um, a lot of the regions that were, in, in northeastern Victoria specifically, uh, a lot of the regions were... Probably New South Wales too. And... But I, my experience is northeastern yeah. Victoria. Um, a lot of the regions are very tourist-based. And actually, you're right, because it is the south coast of New South Wales, which is, again, very... Uh, there's a lot of tourism there. There's a lot of casual workforce there. Um, and because of the bushfires and then the weeks of lingering smoke after and the uncertainty... That came with that and whether the fires, because the fires were going on for quite some time. And so there was that whole worry, were they going to come back or not or what was going on? And in places like the south coast of New South Wales or the south coast of Victoria, um, like the sort of the, well, the eastern coast of Victoria, where it completely burnt out, what was there to go to? People didn't have electricity. People couldn't get water. Like people were evacuated for reasons. Um, So there was already the job numbers. 
were down we're from really, the really down. Time. Exactly. And so they couldn't get, they can't rebuild them. You know, we're in, um, we're in the Wangaratta area, but if you look at Alpine Shire, which burned quite, um, quite heavily, Bright, Myrtleford, Man- like, like all of those places, Mansfield, uh, south of us, that's another place. So when, when she says, when the minister says since March, yes. be suspicious. There is a reason why they're picking since March. Yes. Because there are already a bunch of jobs that are being lost. What would be a more honest comparison is between you know, the, the comparable time two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Even last year. Are you a wealthy Australian wondering how to make money without actually working for it? Do you find yourself yearning for the feudal era when landlords could exert brutal control over the tiniest aspects of the lives of the ordinary people forced to subsist on their lands? Maybe you should consider the new Australian dream, available only to the most deserving citizens, those who bought real estate before 2010 or those with wealthy parents. The new Australian dream is much more than just owning your own home. It's also owning someone else's. And once you've got your first investment property, you truly get to feel like the lords of old. Don't worry about the tenants having real rights like they do in places like Europe. In Australia, they humbly prostrate themselves before your authority, or you give them a shit reference and they can never find a house again. Where it would be absurd and outrageous for the bank that really owns your speculative portfolio to come into your home and check how you're keeping it on the grounds that it's security for their investment. That certainly doesn't apply to you. Depending on the state in which you outbid some desperate peasant home buyer for the house you're going to do sweet fuck all to other than jack up the rent every year, you can force your way into your tenants' homes every six months or less. You can send them threatening notes saying you don't like the way they've cleaned the oven, or you think you detect dog hair on their couch. You can make them dance for your amusement. Clean up this random thing. Be at home at this time. Or between these times. Let me check out your private stuff. Make them choose between killing their pets or homelessness. If you have any abusive controlling urges you're desperate to indulge, being a landlord is for you. Obviously, unlike the previous version, not everyone can participate in the new Australian dream. Someone has to be the peasant class you get to abuse for, as the kids you're going to exploit and grind into poverty might say, to lols. But don't worry, because whilst in Australia in 2020 the numbers of these benighted serfs are only growing, the government is on your side. What are the peasants going to do? Demand politicians give them decent rights in their own homes? Vote for politicians who'll discourage investors from flooding the housing market with their cash, making housing ever more unaffordable? As if. And best of all, by participating now, you can enjoy the satisfaction of knowing that you are part of resurrecting a wonderful historical system that should never have been overthrown in the first place. Goddamn peasants. Become a parasitical speculative landlord today. And the other part of the dropping the payment down to $50 a day is that by raising it in the first place, they recognised that $50 a day, or the previous $40 a day, wasn't enough to live on. They didn't raise it to an amount that was more than people needed to stay alive. Mm. They raised it to an amount that people needed because they couldn't get income from some other source, and they were people that they didn't want to have discover quite how cool the Australian social security system had become, mm. um, and then vote against it at the next election. So it was entirely a, now there's a lot of people on it, we'd better try and keep those people happy. Once enough of them have gone back then we can start belting the poor again. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. But it, there's, there's no doubt that you, you can't... What even is the argument 
that this is enough to survive on. It, it, it clearly isn't. They kind of conceded that point when they raised it. They absolutely it. conceded that point when they raised it. And they also conceded the point when they put in JobKeeper as well, that there wasn't just enough money out there in the economy in general and that not only and there weren't enough jobs out there in the economy in general for people to be able to just go find another job well they, they would say that that's you know, that, that there weren't enough jobs the the raw number bit that i'm saying i'm saying hmm. we, they have to con- they would have to concede that it's not enough to survive on because if it was enough to survive on you wouldn't have needed to increase it during the coronavirus period it's not like living costs increased then the only thing that happened was that more people were relying on it yes so the figure is clearly now below what you need to survive because yes. it, it, otherwise why would they why raise, would they raise it in the first place yeah so but the also- only difference between then and now then is that they're now feeling that they can turn around and say it's your own fault that you're poor because there are more jobs yeah but the thing is there have never been enough jobs for everyone who wants them. It's even before the pandemic, even before the bushfires, there was still a fixed unemployment rate in which millions of Australians can't find work. And the only solution that these people have is somehow scramble above someone else and kick them down. Yeah. And then so that you're, you know, just scramble up the ladder enough that you replace someone else. Be the, be the person running slightly faster than the, sl- than the person who's, so that the zombies eat the person behind you. Exactly. It's, I don't know how well, to make this point to the Conservatives who, who, who genuinely are like, but if it were me, I'd manage to make it work. But you know that there are a fixed... All those people can't have the few jobs. Lots of people are going to be forced to be on this starvation payment. Hmm. And you're okay with that because they weren't deserving enough to kick someone else down, into, you know, just scramble for one of those places, well, musical chairs and grab also, the place and kick somebody else out. And you also have a situation where underemployment was rife before coronavirus kicked in, before the bushfires, before any of this. There was a very high rate of underemployment. So even yeah. the people who had jobs didn't necessarily have enough jobs to pay the bills. Might have had enough job, enough of a job to a, to get themselves out of the bracket that they could get a support payment out of, but didn't actually have enough to, you know, move forward in any meaningful way in their life or make ends meet. And those sorts of jobs are still available now. So when people are there saying, you know, jobs are back, are they again underemployed jobs? Are they again casual jobs? Are they again well, the ones they jobs where us- minimum hours? Like there was, a, there was an ad on a local group the other day saying they needed someone at a retail outlet locally for a maximum of three shifts a week. Um, needed to be able to work weekends uh, and school holidays. Needed the person to not have another job because they needed to be flexible. So how are they meant to live? But like... Exactly, like three well, shifts a week working minimum wage at a retail outlet is not, yeah. And I've had, I, every time I've discussed with somebody who's vaguely supportive of it, they're like, well, there are those jobs. What about those fruit picking jobs? Like, you're like, what, the ones where they won't even pay minimum wage? Like, that was literally a thing that was proposed that at least they get minimum wage. What I and find... like, no. And so you've got to move to a remote area where you've got no supports. You've got to find a way of moving without what losing your home because they're only seasonal they're not yeah. permanent jobs either so you've got to move out there at great expense you don't have any supports there you don't have family or friends or anybody who can help like and we live in a rural area with no <laughs> rental market i knew notice again on our local community group that there's a solar farm nearby and a lot of the people who go to work on the solar farm because they're three to six month stints are the picking rates on the solar farm are terrible oh i know it's... picking the solar is, is is wild man you have to use a machete but it is that same it's not a fruit picking job but it's a rural farm job yeah um <coughs> excuse me and you go to these rural farm jobs and they can't find places to live yeah they can't find housing they can't find and people are literally camping for three months because it's the only place well, they, or they throw find. them in a shed and they eat up all of yeah. their salary on the like this overpriced shed where they just chuck 
It's, yeah. And uh, it's just, it's not, it's not a great situation. And if you and have the a, fact that this is what the government's thrown back at us, yeah. like the, when you're asked, what are the jobs people are turning their noses up at? And this is what they come back with. That implies that there really aren't any decent jobs. Like if they could think of any examples uh-huh. that weren't so obviously shit, yeah. they would presumably give them because they're trying to sell a cut. And they can't. The best thing they can go with is these mythical, oh, you, you know, if you're strong and you don't mind wrecking your body and you don't have any, what, you don't have, don't have a house to lose and you've got the money to move or you're, like, then, well, then you can, you know, maybe earn enough I, to live on. And but, I remember earlier this year seeing people complaining that they couldn't find people to fill the shearing roles that they needed because the people who came over from New Zealand usually to perform the shearing work couldn't come over because then they couldn't go back. And it's not like shearing is just something that I could say, hey, I'm going to go shear some sheep. No. Yes. No, I couldn't. <laughs> no, that is a skill. Uh, we underpay physical labor yeah. badly. We, uh, because we don't factor in... Because basically it's like, well, we'll start... You find people who don't have alternatives, but you know, are physically capable of destroying their bodies to do this stuff mm. um, and you pay them a pittance because they don't have any alternatives and because you know, obviously the point of keeping social security to starvation wages is that you people can't get uppity and push for better wages and conditions um, because otherwise they'll starve to death oh you don't like my wages and conditions then starve but all of those backbreaking physical jobs are damaging your body yeah. and and yeah. so like you, you know say you do it in your 20s you know, they, people are doing that stuff. They die early. They they get you know their bodies give out on them because they thrash them to death. Yeah. And they, there's there's a reason why it's never going to be a tradie who argues for the retirement age to be raised. People working on construction sites aren't yeah. going to be the ones. Farm workers um, aren't working on the farms in their nineties or eighties. Yeah. Well, 70s. some of them are. <laughs> like the ones who own the farms, but even then they get help. Yeah. In the the get people, people doing in. the farm labor. Yeah. No, you're right. Like that's a young person's but, game, like, and, and it's only a young person's game because they thrash their bodies and can't do it anymore. And that's repetitive movement. Like I remember watching a little video from one of the news clips, and in the background, people were picking cauliflowers. And they're picking them with like machetes, and the way they have to bend over and bend down in half to, oh, to yeah. take it off. And, it's not sustainable. And, like it's it had like it's gonna be horrible for your back, horrible for your shoulder that you're using that constant. Like you're just anyway. And you're out in the sun. You mm. get it just it's not and none of this anyway. So the government's doing this. This is this is monstrous. This is there is no defense to it because if your argument was it's enough to live on, they've conceded clearly it isn't. Because they wouldn't if, if it was they wouldn't have ever there wouldn't have been any reason to ever raise it higher mm. than than. If it was enough to live on, then everybody would be able to live on it. Why raise yeah. it any higher? Clearly it wasn't. That's why they did it. So it's not enough to live on. So then the argument is, well, should people be being punished for it? Well, first of all, corona, the coronavirus hasn't gone away. We're not all being vaccinated. There's clearly, industries are still shut down. And confidence hasn't returned. It's not going to because there's going to keep needing to be these shutdowns until at least everybody's vaccinated. Yep. Um, and then even beyond that, even when coronavirus has gone away again, there is still a fixed level of unemployment in this country that... You, you can beat the poor up all, all you like. All you're telling them to do is, you know, take the chair from someone else in the musical chairs game of jobs. They're not making a job. The only thing that makes jobs is give them a decent social security payment so that there's more money in the economy. Yeah. So actually, that's what grows jobs. Giving the poor money grows jobs. Wake, raising wages for the poor, that grows jobs. Again. Simply kicking them until they take a job from someone else 
doesn't grow a job. Again, if you can reason. afford to buy your groceries and don't have to skint and and save and miss meals yourself so you can feed your kids sort of thing and, and take take food from charities, then you can go to a grocery store and spend money so they can have more people working there. You can go to a cafe and buy a coffee so they can have more people working there. Like a lot of these things where they we have this casualized labor force, if you have disposable income, you can spend that income on goods. That's tourist economy. That, that's, on... that's capitalism, exactly. Yeah. You can go on a trip. You could, yeah. Every, every time they come, all they do is they shrink the economy when they're being stingy to the ball. And the idea that they're turning around, and I, I've noticed a bunch of right-wing assholes running this line now that, oh, that, that um, if you're not being responsible with the budget, then you're really punishing future generations. And that's galling for a bunch of reasons, but the top two for me are, one, no, the thing that's fucking the poor is that you've destroyed mm. housing and, you know, so social security is falling well behind the cost of living, but then if you factor in the bonkers house, the cost of like housing, like yeah, we're, it, wages are falling way behind that. And to turn around to the poor and say, or to turn around to the young and say, it's a uh, proper social security that's really screwing up your future. No, it's the fact that they're stuck paying ludicrous and obscene and ever increasing rents yes. and stuck out of housing, and they're going to retire with no actual house. You know, still paying increased rents while they're when they're on the bloody pension. And it's that combined with that you've just given hundreds of billions of dollars away in tax cuts to the rich. The, the burden on the taxpayer of keeping Social Security at the level that we had during the coronavirus um, supplement time when it was at the, the, proper, the full rate, the rate which they recognised was necessary to allow people to, to manage, mm. if you kept it at that rate, that is a fraction of the amount that we've thrown away in the tax cuts to the rich. We could easily afford to do that many times over without giving the tax cuts from last year let alone what we could fund if we went back to the tax rates of 2004. Do you remember that terrible communist time of oh. to, under John Howard when, when it was you know horrific and you couldn't earn a living? I just moved to... here, and, and when I moved here, they were, they were moving the people with their, uh, the Red Army out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember that. They had been no, parading down the streets as I arrived. The economy you know? didn't even work in 2004. Nobody could function <laughs> because the tax rates were so high. No, all of that money that John Howard ripped out of the economy but that's less than what they've just ripped out of the economy in these recent tax cuts. We could go back to 2003 tax rates and we could fund much, much more than just the increase in Social Security. But that's it's okay. It's a choice. Because at least Labour stands for, you know, removing the franking credits. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so Albo has given up on that and they're, they're going to just... They're not going to change it. They've decided that the franking credit thing is too hard an argument because, to be fair to them, how on earth... Can you persuade the vast majority of Australians who are not taking cash from the franking credit cash rort that it's in their interest for that $6 billion and growing a year to be put back into the economy and public services that the rest of Australians could benefit from? How on earth are you supposed to persuade people that giving cash to people who pay no tax, who are just... They, they pay no tax, but they get lots of money in dividends from shares. Because they plan their retirement that way, and otherwise they'd have to get retirement money. And, and that's the thing about capitalism, isn't it? Once somebody's locked something in to their own benefit, you can never change it. Yeah, so it's the stock the market system. never changes, right? That's right. It's the honest system. No, 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 no. You, you can't change. No, I bought this stock assuming it was going to be worth this. You can't change my retirement plans. Oh, oh, damn it. Yeah, the idea that Labor is like, no, that very straightforward argument, just too hard for us. Yeah. Like just give up. Resign. Give your seats to the Greens. Piss off out of Parliament. If you can't win that argument, you are beyond hopeless. That is an argument that you should be able to win. And what's more, ceding it 
what you've done by doing this, it doesn't even work electorally. So first of all, it's shit house in terms of yeah. policy because that's $6 billion that we need for funding things. And Labor is going to end up having to you know, keep starving the poor and so forth in order to fund this oh, giveaway. God. And I think now they want to starve the poor. I think they've convinced themselves that that's actually the right decision to make. That maybe they could live on $55 a day and that would be okay. Well, they've got to appeal to, to blue-collar workers. Oh, and blue-collar workers have been persuaded that the... That, that starving the poor, that when you give something to the poor, it's taking away from them. As opposed to the reverse, which is making sure Social Security is a decent safety net, A, pushes up wages because employers can't just threaten to starve you. Yeah. They, can't, they have to pay you more than Social Security. They have to pay you... The, the wages flow upwards. If The more generous Social Security Absolutely. is, wages go up. Because... Otherwise, you'd be like, well, fuck you. I'll just go and survive on Social Security. Unions actually do a good thing, too. Like, you know, they push up wages. They push up what people earn. And therefore... It is it is deranged yeah. to me that Labor can't win the argument with blue-collar workers. That, hang on. The safety net protects you. You guys are the ones who the boss is going to turn around and screw you if you don't have an alternative. And but having then, that safety net protects you. But then how will they appeal to the white-collar liberal voters? Yes, who will never vote for them anyway. But, but, and that's what, why, but what if they just try? What if they just try harder? <laughs> that's my point. This doesn't even win in that argument because the people who are pissed off, the self-funded retirees who, who set up this rort, this is a rort. Yes. Like being like, but I arranged my retirement around this rort. Why can't, surely I should get that rort now that I've arranged my affairs to take advantage of that rort. Like, <laughs> that's a terrible argument. Um, but the idea that Labor, when Labor seeds these things, and it's the same with refugees, the same with everything else that they seed like this, what they say is, A, the Libs were right. You are right. We can't change it. It's not wrong. I guess that's the way it has to be. So they, the Libs are right, and anyone who's worried about that issue will vote for the Libs anyway because they're the one. The Libs will be like, you never know, Labor might try it in the back. You know, they get into office and then they try that thing they said they wanted to do. You're not going to win those people back. All you're doing is meaning that anybody who's mm. wavering and wasn't sure about it has the, is looking at it going, oh, well, I guess the Libs were right on that thing. Mm. It's terrible politics. It's terrible policy and terrible politics. And I don't understand how this is supposedly the professional, serious political party. Oh, well, you know, it's just, it's, he's horrible. He's, he's just horrible. He just does not. But he's going to take the fight to them this year because he's going to talk, portray Scummo as... I've forgotten what the words were. It was the, the, um, what was he going to portray him as a... As a as a marketing showboating sort of anyway, whatever. But like, oh, what a brilliant strategy, um, Albo. That's if you if you can do that as well as IQ on policy. Anyway, can he though? Well, he apparently can't. But that I mean, that's that's the point. If you have a lawyer who can't argue your case, you don't hire that lawyer again. If you've got a politician who can't argue for policy, don't. Why would you vote for them? Vote uh. for someone who can argue it. But I noted that that Scamo, uh, as he was starving the poor. Uh, throw that that anthem thought bubble. So the, and on the same time as this was happening, over the new uh, you know his New Year's message, he announced that they were changing the the young and free in the national anthem to one and free. Have you have you managed to avoid this entirely? I've completely missed this. Oh right, because and this is kind of like they were trying this to sort of smother any other discussion <laughs> and try to like have this be the thought bubble that would fire up talkback. So no, over over the New Year's break. Scamo announced that we were changing the national anthem because the ladies are for we are young and free. And that's obviously absurd because Australia is not a young country. Indigenous people have been here for tens of thousands of years. Yes. So he's instead of adopting the Uluru Statement, instead of doing something to address reconciliation or a treaty or anything that would actually address the historical 
horrors of, of, of you know been um, put on Indigenous people and continue to be. Instead, Black Lives in uh, in custody. Yeah. None, none of the actual issues affecting yeah. Indigenous people. Instead of doing any of that shit, he's changed it to the word in the national anthem to one and free. This is oh, thing. it's fixed. Do you remember the thought bubble that Gladys Projectium came out was coming out with later last year? And I'm sure somebody else proposed it first. Like, okay, that is better, but it's nothing. Like, no, I don't... everything's fixed. Everything's fixed. I'm I'll... Not... No, fuck it. I, I'm, no, I'm not. I don't really care, frankly, what the Australian national anthem says because I can't. Say, I'm not singing anything, any anthem to a country that is locking up that that family, that Billowilla family, in in on Christmas Island. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not any any country that's still. Um, Unable to come to terms with what was done to indigenous people, just like trying to pretend that that didn't happen. Never phrases it. Like, no. no, a country that the, 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 the horrible, a country that's just starving the poor. We've Absolutely. demonstrated we don't have to, and we're just going back to it. Yep. That is not a country that I would be celebrating on any day, yeah. let alone January 26. Piss off. And it's not because I'm, you know, not a person who, who appreciates the benefits, that, you know, the, the things that we benefit from in this country. No, it's because I don't. The, 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 People in charge and the people voting for the people in charge who think that we should be selfish, vicious dickheads about all of those things, not share any of our, our bounty, mm. not, not um, treat the people, not with all the resources we have, not even address what, what was done to Indigenous people. Like, is it we have boundless planes to share? Yeah, see, that, I would have thought that if someone was going to change something from the anthem, he'd be wanting to take out the bit that he clearly can't live up to. Oh, that was oh, the what other about thing. the welcome to people? Like, we welcome people to our shores? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. For those who've come across the, the seas, we've boundless planes to share. share. Yeah. Unless you've come in a boat. I mean, I don't mean a cruise ship because that's okay when they're running. Um, but yeah. The people who've literally come across the seas, we, we, yeah. no, we're like, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, we're, no, no. We can't share with you. Uh, and also, like, which is in itself. Ridiculous, because all previous immigration has demonstrated that it's increased the commonwealth of the country. Yes. Anyway, like, it's not like... In like, fact, they're saying that one of the big issues we're going to have over the next year is that lack of uh, immigration growth. and yeah. population growth. Like, it's really going to negatively affect our population growth, but also the students that come in and drive our economy, the backpackers oh. that come in and drive our economy. Well, not deliberately, he deliberately killed the university yeah. sector. Like, like so oh, much of what God, the Libs do just comes out as that we just are... We are in politics now, because we were student politicians at uni, and the people we hate most of all are the people who are lefty politicians at uni. And any opportunity we have to punish lefty students at uni, we will do. We think the unis are full of filthy lefties. And they literally did everything in their power to exclude them from the coronavirus hmm. supplements um, and JobKeeper. Like, they kept the uni- that, that doesn't even make any sense. What's the argument why JobKeeper shouldn't apply to universities? But it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, what the hell is... It's more and more naked... Punishing their enemies, shit. It's it's deranged. But uh, the other thing is coming to new speech. I'm mean, talking about how Australians are a nation of overcomers, which is really weird language to use until you realise that overcoming and people being overcomers is evangelical speak for people um, who resist the good Christians who resist the. Uh, it sounds like me to people who get off on sex too much. No, <laughs> it's no, no. That's. So, meanwhile, we've got the pandemic. Scamo's still not taking any responsibility for it. I, look, I'm not, I actually don't want to say anything about the current restrictions and so forth because it changes too fast. Can I, I say one funny thing about the current restrictions? I, I'm, yes, please. Sorry, can, I would like to believe that you can. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, the SCG, Sydney Cricket Ground, still having this, this test, the New Year's test happening. That happens like a week and a half after New Year's. It, it is a test, yes. Yes. They've reduced the crowd limits to 25%. 
And they put a list of suburbs in Sydney that people are not allowed to attend from, and they'll be fined. Yep, that's right. One of those suburbs is Rookwood. Yeah. The only thing in Rookwood is a cemetery. Well, Literally, the only part of the suburb, the, the suburb surrounds the cemetery. It's actually a necropolis. It's one of the few necropolises in the world because it's a cemetery large enough to qualify as a necropolis. So they have said in all their press releases that no one who lives in Rookwood is allowed to go to the test. And you should go, I should bloody well hope not, because then we have an entirely different problem on our hands. There's not a single living person living in Rookwood. But again, the government would be like, well, if you get eaten by the zombies, it's your own fault. Exactly. You're not running faster. You just need to run faster than what some other person. What aren't they telling us about this, this super spreader? <laughs> the only other thing I'd say about that is, like, I would like... So, you know, we're on the side, presumably, of... you, Where, where you've got the, the lunatics in the you know, Victorian Liberal Party being like, no, we should have never shut down. We should have just, you know, worked... We learned to live with the virus. Um, and then compare that with... You can see in like the UK yeah. and the US and even Canada where where your gra- where your parents are where like the hospital is now like I it's terrifying like if something happens to them where do they they can't go to the hospital because it's a it's they they can only go to emergency <clears throat> apparently they can go to St Catherine's General but they can't go to the Niagara Falls Hospital because there's something like 150 cases linked to Niagara Falls Hospital in the hospital half of those are patients half of those are staff it's gotten into the ICU it's gotten into the long term care ward. And that's what happened, like um, ten people have died just in the hospital. It is still bonkers to me that we are still doing hotel quarantine. We haven't like yeah. we're not using a, a a quarantine facility which is staffed by people who are basically doing like FIFO, like you know people doing oil rigs, basically yeah. FIFO. So they're not if something they're not going out to their families until it's been they're quarantined for themselves or something. Like there's got to be a you need to have a thing where there's not a pathway from the quarantine facilities into the community. Well, it's interesting because Victoria is now pushing for mandatory quarantine, uh, quarantining of all international flight staff that they cannot. Like, they basically can go to a flight hotel and go back. Because... Is it applying to diplomatic stuff yet? Because the American diplomats are just, like, getting coming into Canberra. I, I don't know, is... actually. But out of the 1,000 flights, out of the 1,000 tests, 8 out of the 1,000 tests came back positive. Which is a huge rate. Much, much higher. Like, that's a scary percentage. But it makes sense. Like, in little cans full of people that, like... Oh, God. But then also, people are coming back on these international flights. Yeah. Well, but it's also the same thing as when the, the, the hotel quarantines, which are not... They're not built for quarantining people. Mm, no. It's a brilliant way to spread the virus. So you get a group of people, you shove them all together. In a place some with of bad, them, with bad Some of them might have it, and you spread it to more people. Yeah. It's just, like, it's, I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be shoved into quarantine because I don't want to get coronavirus. Like, you're yeah. more likely to get in the quarantine than, yeah. So, obviously, it's a good thing that we didn't go down that path, and we took it seriously, and Victoria was able to squash it. Um, and obviously, hopefully, they will do that again. But that said... It is still, like, I would still like there to be uh, a sign. So you've got taking it seriously, but doing it incompetently. The fact that they couldn't test people, the fact they ran this bizarre thing where people literally couldn't come home into Victoria. Yeah, at all. they like, still can't. I know. And, that- and now uh, Weimar said that, he said two preposterous things today. First of all, that the border's probably going to stay closed till the end of the month. The second preposterous thing he said is that you can totally do a 10-hour drive back with only two 15-minute stops. Even when all the road safe uh, things that come out from like Road Safe Victoria and everything say you should stop for 15 minutes, 10 minutes every two hours. Oh. And he once, he once went from the Queensland border to Mildura in 10 hours, so it can be done. Like, have you ever tried to do that with a family? I just, so I would like, you know, the Victorian government to be a bit more competent would be nice. Mm. Like, they're still obviously the better of the alternatives. And you know, given what they face and the fact that they haven't come back yet and said, 
the, the, we've got this huge problem with the Victorian Health Department, and we're going to root and branch sort it, you know, modernise it, fix up the, the, the things that have been, been the real problems in managing it. Like, they haven't made any nothing is they haven't announced they're going to change that stuff. Like, the, so yes, it's better that we've got people who are taking it seriously and who will do the ruthless. Although I notice, I don't think they need to go quite to the extent of the bonkers fines that they were giving out. I know uh-huh. Queensland, so New South Wales is like two hundred bucks. Victoria was like five thousand or something. It's like we'll just yeah. completely destroy some poor person. Oh god. Um, but you could even destroy completely destroy a non-poor person with that fine. Like you could actually have a person who's making an okay amount of money who just has five thousand dollars in savings, or not even five thousand dollars in yeah. savings. A lot of just, people that would. Rent. Yeah, like it was That's, just. Yeah, and so there's my my point is. It would be nice to have a mix of being able to do it, take it seriously, and also be competent. Now, I'm not saying that the Liberals have have either, either of those. I think the state Liberals are both spiteful and and uh, unwilling to take it seriously, and also incompetent. Yeah. I think both both lots are incompetent. It's just that I would prefer it if the state Labor Party, you know, you didn't have all these counter examples like people going to get tested and being turned away. That's ridiculous. How is that thing in 2021? Oh my god, it's 2021. All right, should we write, wrap it up? I think we should. Uh, though I just realized something funny looking at the Guardian. We have an emissions <laughs> reduction minister. Well, it's Angus Taylor, so it's not actually going to do anything. But we actually have a minister of emissions reduction. That's that's like Tony Abbott being the minister for women. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, as in the opposite. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Um, people can find you on the toots at... DNC, D-E-E-N-S-E-Y. You can find us at Well May We Say if you'd like to discuss things with us. At Well May We Say on the Twitters. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for keeping the podcast going. Um, thank you for ha- being patient with us when we had a, had a quiet period. Uh, we will... You know, we're not going anywhere. We, we, we'll keep the podcast going and we'll, we'll pop back. When, you know, if there's a... When things happen, we'll come back. But we'll also come back on a regular basis. Yes. And so we'll see you shortly. We're not going anywhere. We'll short, see you very shortly. Thank you for seeing with us. Thank you, everybody, who's um, left a positive routine's review on the iTunes. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And thank you, Alex Lum, for the artwork. And we'll see you all next week. See you then. Bye.